Welcome to Ukulele is a New Black. I'm Meredith Harper and I love to play the ukulele. In this podcast, I talk to ukulele players to find out why they play ukulele, what they love about it and how it's changed their lives. I wanted to play an instrument Cause musicians are so cool And I wanted to be cool But I found playing an instrument was kind of hard Today I have a chat to Mullumbimby-based Stuart Edie, better known as Stukulele, who has had a long career in music but not always as a ukulele player. We talk about his unexpected ukulele teaching career, about starting a new ukulele group in Mullumbimby, and about touring with the Whitlams in a very famous bus. Stu also plays a couple of great original songs. Enjoy. Ukulele player, introduce yourself. Oh, hi, I'm Stukulele, but my real name is Stuart Eady. Um, very early in the piece, someone said, hey, you could be Stukulele. So I went ahead and did that. Uh, turns out there's another Stukulele already in America, Stuart Fuchs. Oh, and, well, uh, that's rude. Well, it was okay, because he got in touch with me very <laughs> early in the piece, and um, we had a chat on email, and now we're uh, talking quite a lot. He actually was supposed to be coming out this year to perform at the Gold Coast, um, what's it called? Scum. Sunshine Coast Ukulele Masters Festival. Right. And oh, okay. um, and my band, Aloha Baby, were going to do it as well. And he was coming to Mullum and it was all happening. And I just announced the tour and COVID hit. So yeah. that was a bummer. Oh, yeah, so it would have been great to have this ukulele duo. Exactly, it? and apparently there's another one in England as well. <laughs> oh, so there's basically one in each country. You just got to find them all, get the whole set. That's right, because there's only three countries in the world. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm sure there's more. You just haven't found <laughs> them yet. That's true. <laughs> Probably one in Germany somewhere. That's right, with a, the, a foreign language uh, version of ukulele. That'd be interesting. It would. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so um, you are from. Mullumbimby. I am. Originally, uh, I grew up in, uh, God help me, Ipswich in Queensland, and I got out of there as soon as I could and moved to Sydney <laughs> and uh, for age 18 and uh, lived there for quite a while and then moved up here in 2004 and we settled in the Northern Rivers and I've been living here ever since. And yeah, we bought a home in Mullumbimby. So we've had another guest on here before from Mullumbimby, of course, yes. which is um, Je- Jenny Parento. That's right. Yeah, she moved, moved into the area about six years ago, I think. Yeah. Okay. But it's not a large place. For our international listeners, if we have no idea where it is, it's northern New South Wales. That's right, yep. Pre- pretty close to the border. And ha- how large? How many people? are? Maybe around twelve to 14,000, I think. Well, that's... That's, that's not huge, is it? So you've got a pretty good um, percentage of ukulele players in there. It was amazing. Uh, I'll go back. <laughs> we had our first ukulele night and um, on a Wednesday night in the middle of winter, started, it was in July in 2011, and 200 people showed up. It was insane. What? Did they all have ukuleles or were they just ukulele curious? No, they, they showed up with ukuleles. It was a, oh, wow. <laughs> a, a lot of people um, bought ukuleles on the night because they just got caught up in the madness and 
they were there to have dinner and suddenly there's all these people there we really didn't know what to expect because it's not like a we just advertised it and um they all showed up yeah so wow it went crazy there used to be a, a uh, down the road from Mullumbimby is um place called Byron Bay and there used to be a Byron Bay ukulele collective and that was going pretty strong for a while there was a, a guy from America named Dan who used to run that but he um went back to Hawaii I think and sort of it just fell apart most of these things need a key person and so yeah about four years later I came on on the scene and I had all that people ready for it although uh, I, I think I scared a few off <laughs> We won't talk about that. Yes. <laughs> um, would Would you like to know how I got into ukulele first before I... You know, I was actually about to ask you that very question. <laughs> yes. Because I, I think I'm, I'm leaping into the future too quickly. Um, so my uh, beautiful daughter was at Mullum Public School and uh, someone had already arranged to be the ukulele teacher at that school. And they got all the ukuleles in place and were ready to go, but didn't show up on the first day of work somehow. Oh, that's not good. There was some miscommunication. So all ukuleles ready and no one to play them. Exactly, which was really sad. And uh, my daughter put her hand up. My dad plays ukulele because I'd just been given one for Father's Day. That was my first Oh, ukulele. so you didn't necessarily play it, but you owned one. Well, that's right. I, well, I, I got into it pretty quickly. I used to play a bit of guitar. I'm, originally, I'm a drummer. I played drums first for okay. years, um, since age 16. And then, uh, yeah, got my first ukulele and was really into it um, because... The width of the neck, I wanted to be, you know, a bit jazzy because I felt that that way I would be a respected musician if I could, you know, of course. play some jazz standards. So, um, yeah, and I, and I discovered Dr. Uke, uh, the guy from Wales. Are you aware of his? No, I'll have to look him up. DrUke.com. He has the best charts. They have all the chord shapes and the lyrics for all the great classics, all the standards, jazz classics, and really uh, lots of detail. And it, I just love those sorts of songs that have lots of chord changes that move around. So, yeah, I was really into it by then. And, um, yeah, so I ended up getting the job as the uh, ukulele teacher in Mullumbibby Public School. Oh. <laughs> and that was a trial by fire because I had to... Um, go in and tune all the ukuleles on the first day and there's 30 kids at once and there's just so much noise and they're little kids too and it, it took me a while to work out okay this isn't going to work so we we did little groups of five at a time for five minutes because that's about the tension span that they had and uh, that actually worked we we achieved some kind of uh, musicality in those five minutes because and by the end of it we had this little group of kids who were keen which we I think we called them the kings of ukulele or something like that <laughs> and and they got up and performed at the end of year concert so that was my first foray into um being a teacher and then uh i got a call from the local uh, uh community college to come and teach adults and i thought oh, okay i'll give it a crack and i did four terms of that and it was very popular a lot of people showed up and at the end of that, they were asking me, well, where do we go now? So I approached the pub in town and said, look, we're thinking about putting on a ukulele night. And they were supportive. And yeah, the rest was history. We started, like I said, in July 2011. 
and it just went crazy. And suddenly it was the most popular monthly night in, in town for a good couple of years. And then uh, it started to wane a little bit. But I, I think what happened is um, I started to really enjoy playing all sorts of different songs where most people were quite happy just to keep it simple in the key of C. Yep. And uh, I think I might have scared a few people away by doing that. <laughs> I, I've experienced that myself. <laughs> I know what you mean. I think some people will, will want to go you know, in a more advanced direction and others are happy just to stay where they are. It's it's hard one to, to resolve, really. Yeah. So did you ever have any ambition to teach or did that just – you just fell into it? Totally fell into it. I, it was <laughs> – you know that adage, um, life's what happens when you make other plans. It was yeah. completely like that. I was in a, a band at that. Oh, was I? I can't even remember now. Uh, but, yeah, I've, I've been playing in bands for years. You know, respected original musician was how I felt of myself. Although uh, by that stage, I, I had a job as a graphic artist as well. So I was doing a bit of that. It's always been um, the day job as well. Yep. We all need one of those. Well, most of us do, let's be honest. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. Things are very different nowadays, of course. Yeah, true, yeah. true. Oh, I think we're getting a bit of rain. Uh, so uh, are you needing rain up there? Uh, we're, we're okay. It's Yeah, we're not in drought or anything like that. We, we have regular bit of rain. It's tr- subtropical up here. Have you ever been to Mullumbimby? Yeah. No, I don't think I have. I've been to Byron Bay. I've kind of gone past around there a bit. Um, mm. But no, I don't think I ever have. I should add that one day when we can all travel again, I should do that really, and bring yeah, my Yeah, absolutely. It's a really <laughs> nice um, community uh, of people and very varied. I mean, it's changing all the time. Uh, there's a lot of people from the city moving in nowadays because, uh, you know, it's paradise. <laughs> well, why wouldn't you? And, uh, yeah, but uh, it's, it's changing the culture. For example, um, when we first moved here, it was pretty hippie. You know, there was a lot and and... Uh, um, ferals, a lot of ferals, and, and we used to have a lot of people, you know, who who'd do drumming circles and things like that at the markets, and that was part of the charm of the place. It was, oh, wow, it's so free and everything's great. But uh, starting to got a little bit gentrified, and then suddenly the the drumming circles were mooted, and people complained, and oh. now they they don't happen anymore. Oh. That was really sad. It is. That was a. Kind of the the beginning of the end of the the freeness that um, you, you could feel when you got here. It's starting to feel a bit more like a suburb of the Gold Coast at the moment, oh, which is really sad. Yeah, and if you wanted that, you'd just live in the Gold Coast. Precisely. <laughs> so uh, are you still teaching then? Yes. Um, so after these uke nights went on, um, suddenly my life became all about the ukulele and... Um, uh, I started doing uh, a Monday night, which I still do, and that's basically for a, a jam. People show up and we just work on songs. So the way I do it is uh, I have um, it's changed a little bit now that the COVID's here, but we, we have a monthly um, uke night, and that turned into a themed uke night. So I, I would create a book of 20 songs to a theme, and then we'd get together on the Monday and work on the songs together and, and jam them out and learn the strums and all the, the new tricky chords. And then we'd do the performance night where um, that would involve myself and my partner, Miss Amber, whose real name is Amber Whedon. Um, and she would sing most of the songs because she's a far better singer than I am. 
And uh, we'd, we'd also have guest vocalists as well because the, the, this place is rife with amazing musicians. And we'd have guest um, guitarists and uh, other multi-instrumentalists as well. I've always been trying to encourage people to, you know, uh, lead songs because uh, to me that was what it was all about. But um, I found it hard to find people actually. But then I, I got a few and they started to become the, the stars of the Mullum Uke Night, uh, we, which we call Uke Mullum. We've been going since then, and now like, we're in our ninth year now. Oh, wow. And lately we've been doing live streams because you can't gather. And that's been going okay, although we have a terrible network and we keep losing people because it drops out and they just sort of don't want to come back after yeah. that, which is which is a shame. It is a shame. Because we still go, the amount of work that I put into it well, is still the same. That's what I was going to say. I mean, 20 songs, that, that's a lot of songs, and they're different 20 every time. Yeah. Yeah, it really is. <laughs> um, and I, I just, I'm mad like that. And the reason that that came about is because I started off just adding one or two new songs each time we got together. And then I heard someone say, oh, bit over this. It's sort of the same stuff every week. And so I went, oh, yeah, I'll show you. <laughs> and then we started theming them. And so as a result, uh, I've, I've got bucket loads of songbooks with all different themes and genres and decades and odds and sods different things nice yeah speaking of songs you're clutching a ukulele there i am <laughs> what kind is it i can't see from here oh so this is a maya maui uh tenor with a low g it comes from um white salmon in washington oh okay it's a uh, uh there's a what's his name aaron kime who uh, now does bean sprout ukuleles. Uh, he used to work for the guys at Maya Maui, and um, this is like a custom-made... I chose the wood and all that kind of stuff. I didn't know anything about wood when I chose it. <laughs> but it looks pretty. And, that's and all I, that matters. Yeah, that's right. Well, that was the main thing. But it sounds amazing too. And the main thing I was after was a ukulele that stays in tune up the neck, has good intonation. Yeah. And these guys... Uh, prided themselves in that so i believe them and it is pretty good i have to say um i've dropped it a few times and the the mistake i made with it is i went for a matte finish when i first got it and i'm up in a subtropical climate and when i went to uh the blue mountains it got a big crack in the back oh it just, it's just split all the way down oh, no. um yeah so um as i mentioned earlier my partner Miss Amber is usually the singer where we, if when we perform, we're a duo, Miss Amber and Stukulele. And that's what our uke nights are called, Miss Amber and Stukulele's uke night. Until now, actually, because we no longer do nights, so we've changed the name to Ukulele Time. <laughs> and that sounds kind of boring, but I'm thinking like Adventure Time. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I understand what you mean. Yeah. Yeah. Good. I'm glad you got it. <laughs> <laughs> Thousands wouldn't, but I got uh, it. Yeah, and so we actually have put out an album um, early in the piece. We, we uh, uh, got into the Melbourne Ukulele Festival one year, and so we thought, you know, it's time. Let's make an album. So we did a crowdfunding thing, and we had a lot of backers and supporters back then and uh, raised enough money. Originally, we are going to do an EP, but we raised enough money to make an album. And uh, we, ha we have this wonderful bass player. Um, his name's Rod Coe. And Rod was uh, Slim Dusty's right-hand man for 30 years. Wow. He's now in his 70s, um, and he's a great bass player. And 
just a, a lovely human being to be around and do music with. Uh, and he really validated us because up until then we were suffering from major imposter syndrome. <laughs> but because this guy, uh, you know, a real true professional with a, a history in music, would give us his, his time, we thought, oh, we must be okay. So we decided to record an album. And in that process, I met this guy by the name of Paul Agar, who is a great uh, producer. He owns a studio and he also plays um, pedal steel. And after meeting us, he went on to play lap steel. And now Rod, Paul and I have a Hawaiian band nice. called Aloha Baby. Oh, okay. So, um, yeah, we get about in different guises and... Um, Aloha Baby were very fortunate to be able to play at the Port Ferry Folk Festival this year. Uh, and literally the day we got home, the country closed down. Yeah. So we just squeezed in. <laughs> um, and that was such a great experience. We, we had a, um, these wonderful dancers with us um, from the Gold Coast, Japanese uh, ladies who are really into hula and are properly trained, beautiful dancers. So we got to perform with those guys. Yeah, so I thought for my first song, um, I could either do an original tune or I could do a Hawaiian tune. What would you like? Look, I always go for the original ones because where else am I going to hear it? That's right. Okay. So this song is my beautiful daughter, Rose. Um, she sings with us and has done since she was very young. Uh, and one day I said to her as she was drawing on a piece of paper, Hey, Rosie, let's write a song. And she was drawing a sun and she was doing this, a little swirl in it. And she said, there's a swirl in the sun. And I went, I really like that. So I went for a drive in the car and I went around the block a few times and I came back and the whole song was written. Oh. <laughs> uh, and I sang it to her as I was putting it, her to bed too, because she was, you know, seven or eight. And we recorded it. So it was a magical moment. And anyway, this it's a lullaby, and this is called the Swirl in the Sun, and it goes like this. There's a swirl in the sun And a swirl in the sky There's a smile on the face Everybody passing by For now's the time To close your eyes And dream about The swirl in the sun
Nice. That, that's the abbreviated version. There's normally a, a few more bits and layers that get added onto it, but it's only me today. Yeah. <laughs> I just thought I'd give you that. Oh, that's fantastic. I managed to stay awake, though, so it wasn't entirely working as a lullaby. Oh, I see. That's where you've got to get the extra verse. <laughs> that's where I really get you. Yep, then I would have dropped I, off. <laughs> I've been teaching um, at a school, local school up here at Kurabel Public every uh, Friday, and I teach the whole school. It's only a little school. So I take each grade for half an hour on a Friday. And um, when I get to the kindergarten, so I play that one at the end to calm them down. And it seems to work. <laughs> so do you write a lot of songs? Um, yeah. Well, so like I say, I used to be a drummer and I was, I've been in quite a few original bands over the times. So what bands have you drummed for? I'm glad you asked. <laughs> <laughs> uh, originally, uh, I was in a band in uh, Brisbane called the Kent's. Uh, and then we moved to Sydney and then I, I joined my first band of note was a band called Clouds with uh, Jodie Phyllis and um, Trish Young. And we had a few different guitarists and in the end it was Dave Easton. But yeah, Clouds did all right. We um, uh, put out, I got a gold album out of it. That was pretty cool. Wow. Nice. Um, got to travel overseas, went to New York to South by Southwest and um, did a bit of that. And then I um, made a an ass of myself and got kicked out of the band, which is oh. a learning experience, kids. You um, need to look after yourself if you're going to be in this business. Uh, and then after that, I um, did a short stint in Died Pretty. And after Died Pretty, which I also didn't last very long in, I got to tour with Huda Gurus. That was pretty cool. Um, then pretty I, cool. I, I got a call from Tim Friedman and he was uh, had a couple of bands going at the time. And one of them was called The Olive Branch with his brother, Nick. Uh, and I played in that and went on a tour to Byron Bay, which is why I live where I am. Um, ah. uh, and then this other band that he was in at the time was called The Whitlams. Oh, I've never heard of them. No. <laughs> and they, so they were, they were back in those days, they were a very different kettle of fish. Um, Andy Lewis and Stevie Plunder. And anyway, I muscled my way into the band. They, I didn't have a, a, a real drummer, but I was sitting around with nothing to do up here in Byron Bay, living in a pink bus, which became famous. The bus was Priscilla, the Queen of the Desert. Oh. We, we were, the, the guy who owned the, it's a long story, I've got to write a book one of these days, but uh, <laughs> the guy who owned the bus told us, this bus is famous, it's going to be a movie star. And we said, yes, yeah, sure, fast Yeah, enough. right. <laughs> and... Uh, Turns out it was. I had, still had the zebra skin. It was painted pink and everything. Still had the zebra skin and everything from the movie. Huh. Just fresh off the lot. I don't know how we ended up touring in it, but I think it was Tim's way of saving money. He put the band in there while he stayed in hotels. <laughs> he, he he remembers it differently because I spoke. I ran into him about a year ago and I told he, him that. He, I've always noticed he drinks a lot of red wine, so I don't know how um, accurate his memory is. <laughs> Not as much as Andy and Stevie, unfortunately. Um, yeah. They were pretty big drinkers. God rest their souls. Um, anyway, yeah, so I played in the Whitlams, and uh, and then for 10 years I played in a band called Karma County as the drummer in that, and we uh, that was great. We got to um, do quite a bit of touring all the way around Australia as well as um, we did WOMAD festivals with Jimmy Little, who's a, an amazing Aboriginal singer who's passed away, sadly. Uh, yeah, so where was this going? How did I get onto this? We started talking about songwriting. So I've always written songs. Yeah. yeah. 
<laughs> uh, and as a drummer, you don't get much of a voice. And uh, no. but in every one of those bands, I've uh, I've had something original tune recorded. So yeah. Oh, nice. Yeah. So you you're publishing stuff for the world to listen to. I am, um, and but I'm also teaching. Uh, one day, this lovely young lady, uh, what's her name? Oh, I'm having a blank, a mental blank. Um, Polly Fossey from New York showed up at my door and looking for a ukulele lesson. Um, she was here with her husband who was doing a course at the Gold Coast on rigging because they work in film. And she is a seamstress and makes clothes for films. And fascinating, beautiful young lady. And she was supposed to be woofing, but apparently it was a bit of a toxic environment. So she decided not to do that and instead wanted to learn how to play the ukulele. So she booked me for a week every day and came along and we'd do these one hour lessons that would turn into two to three hour lessons. Wow. And I just enjoyed her company so much and she was so keen and a lot of fun. And uh, she told me about Cynthia Lynn, who mm. is, uh, you know, a YouTube sensation, yep. who also had a Patreon page. And I'd, at this stage, I was slightly aware of it, but she kind of um, said, hey, you should do that. You could really do that. And so I... I took her advice and gave it a crack. That was about two and a half years ago, three years ago. And yeah, nowadays I make a weekly YouTube video. It's um, lesson-based kind of stuff. And I use my graphic skills because uh, I do um an hour a lot when I talk, when I'm on the spot. Um, see, I just did it then. <laughs> <laughs> I do it too. <laughs> so I, I, I tend to uh, have to use visuals to get the lesson across and people seem to like it. It's not like it's taken off or anything. I've got a couple of videos that have had um, quite a lot of views. Uh, but the Patreon page is kind of paying for me to keep up being a ukulele person. So it, it's definitely scalable. People are, are really kind and they're supporting me. You know, um, a lot of people will show up and... Uh, and maybe support me for a month or two and then disappear. But I do have some people who have been there since the day dot and they're still there, which is really amazing. That, or maybe yeah, they, it's great. Maybe they forgot that they've got a patient. They just don't look at a bank account. <laughs> they, they, they back so many people, they don't notice one more. <laughs> <laughs> maybe. Yeah, so um, although I do, I do do, I like my original stuff, but I'm, I'm sort of more about um, teaching people how to play because I love making finding people who want to get into music that's usually how it goes they're, they're later in life and and they had a bad experience with a piano teacher or something like that and they want to learn how to play and everyone's telling them that the ukulele is easy so they give it a crack and i, I love meeting people and, and watching them transform almost overnight just by giving it a crack you know it doesn't take long at all to play a couple of chords and before you know it, you're singing a song and that's just a beautiful thing. Yeah. It is, absolutely. Well, have you got another song for me? I do. Um, okay. I'll, this is a song that I wrote uh, on guitar and that's when I was trying to be, you know, a jazz musician. Uh, and then when I found out how easy it was to play on the ukulele, it was a quick adaption. Uh, yeah, as I say, Miss Amber would normally do this and we do have... Um, versions out there on Spotify that you can listen to, but I thought I'd give it a crack today. It's called The Fish Song, and it goes like this. Mm -hmm. 
You're moving way too slow There's one thing you ought to know I'm not hanging around For your love in vain Cause there's plenty of fish in the sea And one has her eye on me For how things might be You disowned me Made me think there was something wrong with me You don't know me Someday you'll see That I'm one hell of a catch Best one of the batch I just found a new fish Who wants to swim with me song check out miss amber's version it seems better than that <laughs> okay i will i will yeah. <laughs> now i always put some things on a youtube um playlist too so i'll make sure i'll put that on there so everyone can have a listen cool all right well i think we've reached the time i'm going to ask you my last question okay. which is how has ukulele changed your life goodness gracious me uh so i've thought about this a couple of ways I used to be a drummer and loading a drum kit is <laughs> a lot of hard work. <laughs> Nowadays, you just take a ukulele pretty much and that's great. So that way, in that way, has been a really refreshing change. The main thing, though, I find is I have, my heart has opened since I've been playing the ukulele. I see people differently and it's helped me to be less judgmental of people. And I actually try to understand what's going on with people before I make a judge judgment. That's one thing I've really noticed has happened because first impressions, when you first meet someone, it's so quick to go, okay, you're like this. And then after sitting down and playing some music together, it's such a bonding experience. 
that you really do get to the very humanness of someone very quickly. And so, yeah, in that way, I think I've, uh, I enjoy life more through the lens of the ukulele. That's how it's changed wow. my life. That's, that's a great answer. I love that one. Thank you. <laughs> well, thanks so much for talking to me today, Stu. It's been a pleasure. It's been great to be here. I've, I've, what else would I be doing? <laughs> <laughs> Working on my YouTube clips, that's, that's what. That's it. <laughs> thanks, Stu. Cheers. Ukulele is a New Black is produced by me, Meredith Harper. I wrote the theme tune and I performed it with Jasmine Fellows, Jeff Skellums, Jim Croft, Paul Marsh, Chris Williams and Sandra Shaw. Seb Carrero does the graphic design. If you want more information about any of the things mentioned in today's podcast, and there were a lot of them, there are links in the show notes as well as a playlist with songs relating to today's episode on the Ukulele is a New Black YouTube channel. If you enjoy this podcast, please give it a rating or a review on Apple Podcasts, Podchaser, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. And please tell your friends. Episodes are released every second Monday, and you can subscribe pretty much anywhere podcasts are found. I'll be back with another episode in two weeks. It's the new black.